All you have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to you. Game time decisions. Let's roll. Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage has begun. I am Gabriel Morenci throwing it down. Not at the Meadowlands, uh, but at Studio 34 uh, today. Live racing uh, tonight uh, at the track, uh, Cam. Sorry. I shouldn't assume. I make an ass of me, not you, but me. But, uh, yeah, I didn't know. They're really uh, getting the horses busy. It's like uh, Northland. They're they're getting influence, Gabe, by our friends at Northland. Lots of racing. Well, you should say, uh, I'm very uh, busy. I travel more than these horses uh, do. Uh, that's a good point. You should work at Northland. Yeah. <laughs> Broadcast from there. <laughs> Everybody's busting balls at Northland. Uh, we got an update, Gabe. Touchdown for the Cincinnati Bearcats for all the people who bet that game. Weird stuff. Back-to-back um, bowl delays for Boston College. As I mentioned in the update, 2018 uh a bowl against Boise State, lightning delay, and today, but they're back at it, and Cincinnati's just scored a touchdown. Six nothing Bearcats, extra point pending. Um, yeah, I'm all over the Cincinnati Bearcats uh, in this game. I don't normally do college football teasers, but a lot of these college games actually have been close uh, this year. Well, this game, I took Cincinnati on the teaser, but I played two of them, and bigger plays too, so I'm all over the Bearcats here. I think uh, Boston College are in trouble, although... The weather and the factor, as you mentioned, uh, kind of throws, it changes a bit, right? It just changes the complexion of the game plan and everything. These kids were in like a two and a half hour delay or two hour delay here. Uh, but Boston College, it happened to them last year. Whatever, dude. Like, you know, it's for the good of the kids. Like, really? These guys are playing in Birmingham, Alabama <laughs> on a Thursday afternoon, uh, you know, in January, and the surprise, the weather sucks. Like, it's a bad idea, but yeah. but nevertheless, they don't care. It's just ESPN programming. As someone with action on the game, I was a little concerned that they just scratch it. That's what happened last year. Exactly. Uh, they scratched it due to programming. They're like, you know what? We've got other bowl games coming up. So what? Like to ESPN, they don't care. Right? All it is is programming to them. And I just saw actually on the way here on uh, – there's like news tickers everywhere in this city, right? Like on like on the street, on the side of buildings. <laughs> I just happened to see on the street, uh, ESPN reigns supreme in ratings due to college bowls. <laughs> right? And that's it. They have every bowl game for the most part. So it's just programming to them. They don't care about the kids. Uh, you know, but hey, that's that's not news. But yeah, so I'm on Cincinnati. They need to win the game. And I need um I took them with the Tennessee Volunteers uh, tonight. So now I have the Volunteers at uh, plus four and a half points, which I'd actually take because, you know, I think it's going to be a close game. And I teased the Cincinnati uh, Bearcats with the over of tonight's game. Although, knowing you the way I do, I got to believe you probably like Indiana tonight. And I, do. I don't hate that play, actually. It's a toss I like up. The over, too. But I do think Tennessee are going to get it done in a close one. My bowl picks, uh, you know. We're either on or we're off. All right, Whale Capper will join us next. Not 525, guys. Get Whale Capper next. 
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Discount. That's the promo code action for a special 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Now back to Gabe Morenci and Whale Capper. Right, thanks, that Cam. Is it just me, or is that little like a little early for the read? Oh, yeah, 510. I was supposed to do it at 525. Sorry, buddy. I just, uh, happy new year. Yeah, you're right. One segment too early. Man, I, okay, wow. Well, at least we had to do it later. And I figured, like, after all these years, we could establish that it doesn't work talking with on Skype over the music. It muffles the mic. I know, I know, I know. So, uh, like, moving forward, like, what do you God, I ain't expecting to do the read. I know. I'm just saying, we're moving forward. That's me. Instead of doing the read, like, coming back, you got to fade the music, (laughs) and then we'll do the read. I'm just stating because it's very choppy. It, It actually angers me. Okay. And uh, I noticed that uh, it was also 12 minutes early. But, at, uh, at, at 6.25 for the next read when I do, because remember, if I don't say anything, you'll jump in, right? So tell Yang to fade, yeah. and I'll get it right All in right. a second. Yeah, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just thinking now about how our last show of the year sucked, and now we're off and running here. So <laughs> uh, maybe it wasn't just like it was the last. Maybe the show just sucks. Like, new decade, <laughs> same crap. I'm believing it. I don't buy that. Nope. Sorry. Bring it, you don't buy that? No. Strong, strong. We're good. Whale capper. Who, uh, should uh, should uh, appreciate that uh, we made uh, today's uh, gif a, a whale uh, since yeah. you were joining us. Uh, nice whale splashing in the waters. How you doing, whale capper? Oh, I'm, I'm terrific, man. Uh, happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you for having me on. Sounds like the, sh- the new year is off to a smooth start already. Yep. So. No, it's no, it's wrong. not at all. I got hit with an unexpected $280 uh, charge uh, today for something. Oh, boo. Um, yeah, yeah my, my backpack is like ripped in half and like in tatters uh, right now. I've been resisting buying a new one, uh, but I'm going to have to. I could go on. I've been screwed over numerous times uh, by these college football teams. <laughs> well, that's not a surprise. Yeah, college, yeah. college bowl, college bowl season is tough, man. Yeah, it's the toughest thing to bet it. on. Yeah, uh, it's insane. It's insane. Motivations, guys sitting, guys starting, and then you know, team like Georgia, half their players are gone, and then you know, the guys that are you know backfilling them are five stars, so they still you know light up light up the Bears. So that's that. That was wild. Well, the whole bowl season has been insane. It's like betting uh, on Rose NBA bowl. preseason. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're just rolling the dice. Know, Rose, yeah, right. Rose Rose Bowl officials yesterday completely screwed Wisconsin. I don't know if you had Wisconsin in that. Spot, yeah, I did. But, uh, I'm used to it. Oh God, man, man. Woo. Yeah, even last well, night in the Baylor game, listen, Georgia was a better team, but when it was only nine nothing or whatever, there was a big play, and a kid on Georgia like tugged that Baylor's jersey. Oh, it would have yeah, been a touchdown. Sure. Not even called. They didn't even get 15 yards out of it. It was a big change in that game. 
It mm. was. Rule went nuts. He's right. That wasn't just a tug. Like, the guy's jersey almost, like, broke like Hulk Hogan. Like, he had a good mm. grip on that thing, man. <laughs> it was stretching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how, how, how they can miss that. So, before we get into the NFL, Will Capper, any opinion on uh, the, uh, the Gator Bowl? Uh, tonight, Tennessee and Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> if you hadn't told me who was in it, I wouldn't have known. <laughs> the Gator Bowl. Oh it's the well, I'm the opposite. I know oh who's God. playing in these games, but I don't ever let, yeah. know what bowl it is. I'm like, it's what is tax, it? Yeah, right, whatever. Tax Slayer. Yeah. Tax Slayer Bowl. The Tax Slayer Game. Yeah, unless they're like paying us, it's the Gator Bowl. <laughs> Never been. To that I guess that uh, I I don't I don't have a strong opinion. I guess take the dog, <laughs> take the dog, take the under. <laughs> I don't I don't have. To. All right, so hopefully you've got stronger least, opinions. I guess, I guess just here's a stronger opinion in general. The uh, NCAA has just completely bungled uh, the bowl the bowl situation. It's it's gotten completely out of control. This used to be a spectacle that used to be fun. It used to be exciting, and uh, you know, this year from even from when they just announced what the you know, who was going to what bowls, the matchups they gave you, the days that they had them on, like nothing, nothing. And Will really Capper, the championship game isn't even this Monday. Uh, nope. Yeah, I mean, and and granted, and actually, they got lucky, I think, because the way Clemson got hit, you know, Clemson got you know smashed. Uh, in that Ohio State game, and if they had to trot them back out on a week's rest, uh, I think LSU probably eats them for lunch. I think giving Clemson two weeks to get their feet under them is probably pretty important in terms of having a competitive national championship game. So, uh, you know what? That maybe they may have lucked into that. I think it's you know, it's a good point. They, they the rest definitely helps them. And if you're LSU, you don't want to cool off and wait another yeah. 16 days. But you know they were off for 21 days and they lit it up. But think about yeah. that, guys. Um, in between, in between the um, the conference championships, so they both play the same day, December the seventh, from December the seventh to January the thirteenth, thirty-seven days. Wow, thirty-seven wow. days to play two football games. That's how much they've they've dragged this thing out. It's freaking Jeez. ridiculous. All like, of really? seventeen, all of Wild Card Week. Yeah, yeah, and think about it. Yeah. Of course, they're students, though, right? And I'm sure. Oh, right. Sure. I'm sure that's like on Paramount <laughs> to them. So, like, they had no Christmas because they played on the 28th. Now, there's no New Year's because you got this coming up. Then this, you know, this turns into two and a half weeks. No wonder some kids say, "Screw it, I'm going to play in the and I'm going to the NFL Combine." <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to hang no, around until January with your crap. I'm done. Right? This yeah, is different. Yeah. It's for the championship. They're going to play, but it's just ridiculous. It's too long. Yeah, it is. And but I mean, can you imagine how else are you supposed to get a degree from LSU if you don't have this big break, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean you need <laughs> Imagine telling the coach, yeah, coach, I can't come to practice because I have a big exam coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, Yeah, screw the exam, kid. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about the exam. Don't worry, you don't yeah, worry about you. that exam. Don't I'll speak to the teacher for you. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. Yeah, yeah. Don't do you don't worry about that. I like what Cardell Jones said. Ain't nobody come to Ohio State to go to no school. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't play no school, yeah. So uh, the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee uh, uh, Titans uh, played earlier in the year, and they're very similar football teams. And, um, you know, they, they really are similar football teams, and they're playing on Saturday. I find it interesting that both AFC games are actually on Saturday, but... It seems like the the general public, people on you know Twitter, social media, talk show hosts, most handicappers. Although we haven't spoken to a ton, uh, you know the new year just started. We were doing more college before, but 
it seems like, you know, it's scary. Everybody likes the Buffalo Bills. And that's just not radio talk. The fact is the line moved. It's freaking two and a half points. So clearly, clearly there was everybody, everybody loves the Bills. And there seems to be a lot of people, oh, the Patriots are done, the Patriots are done. But clearly there's been a Patriot buyback uh, right now. And, you know, the books are going to get middled big time on that Patriot game because it's been everywhere. It's been five and a half. It's been three and a half. It's back up to five and a half. So you know that there's some wise guys that have like a piece of like different numbers in this game. But I find it to be similar teams. Can they both pull off an upset? Are they really both going to go on the road and win? Let's start with the Buffalo and Houston game. What do you think of the uh, the line move? So... The line move to me, which and what's especially interesting is in the last hour or so, um, we're getting word that uh, Will Fuller is trending to out. Uh, Will Fuller, obviously a very dynamic wide receiver for the Houston Texans and kind of the key piece to the puzzle that kind of unlocks the potential of their offense overall. Uh, and what I mean by that is if you only have one threat in the receiving game in DeAndre Hopkins, and you have a pass defense that is led by one of the premier cornerbacks in the NFL and Trey White, then yeah, you're going to be able to absolutely smother the passing attack for Houston. You're going to force them into an uncomfortable approach where they are largely leading on their running game and they're not quite as good. They don't get great push from their offensive line. They don't have a good scheme. They don't have good blocking technique. They just happen to you know, they have some fresh legs in Hyde and in Duke Johnson that they go back and forth on, but they're really not a dynamic rushing attack at all. Nothing like, say, like the Minnesota Vikings, for instance. And so that puts Houston all of a sudden on the ropes. And you need Will Fuller in this game if you're the Houston Texans because he provides the vertical threat that kind of unlocks all of the rest of the potential in your passing game. And my guess is that most of the move down in favor of Buffalo was kind of fueled by people who either were speculating that Fuller wasn't going to make it or they knew. Um, and the fact that we've gotten that news and we haven't seen much movement in the market suggests to me that it was it was known by some some of the wiser folks that uh, he was going to be out because honestly he makes about a point point and a half difference to me in terms of how many points the Texans are going to score, especially against the defense that has significant pass uh, pass protection and you know, you know, some civics, uh, you know good cornerbacks. Uh, we'll take a quick break here. Hang in here, Will Cap, for a quick break. We'll continue uh, hitting these NFL wild card games. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, Game Time Decisions continues. Get on a grid, sports grid. I'm Gabe Morenzi. We're in Studio 34. Cam Stewart kicking it. We have Whale Capper uh, with uh, Cincinnati Bearcats up 7-0. Uh, looking for more right now on Boston College 30-yard line. Uh, we'll keep our eye on this. All right, so we're talking about the Buffalo Bills and the Houston Texans. Whale Capper, it sounds like you like the matchup. Uh, Bills have one of the best uh, DBs in the National Football League in Trey White. In fact, his numbers, everyone's talking about Gilmore, and Gilmore was great, another former Buffalo Bill. Imagine if they had Trey White and Gilmore. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. I just Forgot Gilmore was on Buffalo. Yeah. Damn. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah the Bills are good at uh, at uh, spotting very good DBs. So yeah, Trey great. White is going to be on Hopkins. To me, listen, it's, it's not going to be easy for the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen's first playoff game, going on the road. You know, their defense is going to have them in it. I do believe it's a low-scoring game, and... You know, I'm surprised about the number here on the total side here. This is what surprises yeah. me. I'm surprised it's so high. What am I missing on this? Uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head. That's the best way to attack this sucker. I think we go under 44, and I don't think there's I don't think there's a better total to attack on the board than under 44 in this game. Uh, I, honestly, the way that you can hurt the Texans, that, you know, because the Texans, people will poo-poo the Texans' defense based on their season-long numbers, and they haven't been good. Um, it, but I would also say, though, their past defense trended up from about middle of the season to the end of the year, except for a handful of games where they just wasn't much at stake. Uh, and I think that they can do a pretty decent job in coverage where they are vulnerable is if you can pass accurately deep against them, you can hit home runs. And we haven't seen Josh Allen do that. I don't know if he's all of a sudden going to wake up, and be able to make that pass on his first ever you know, high stakes game like this. It seems unlikely to me. I mean, you remember the Patriots bills game from a couple of weeks ago, the plays were there. Like they had matchups in coverage against Patrick Chung that they could have, you know, they could have hit the, the Patri- yeah, Patriots missed one, yeah. hurt, and he just missed them, you know? And I, you know, same thing against the, uh, the Ravens, they had shots against the Ravens and he's overthrowing John Brown. Like if he makes those p- plays, then, then I'm feeling a little nervous about the total because I'm thinking Buffalo might be able to get to, say, 2024. Uh, but I don't see how Houston is moving the ball effectively in this and really putting scoreboard pressure on the Bills. This has much more of a chess match feel to it, much, much more of a, you know, a, a field position um, and uh, you know, field goal type of game. We know Bill O'Brien is not an aggressive coach. He, we, if he's got the ball on the 40-yard, you know, on the Bills, 42 yard line and needs two yards or one yard to get <laughs> yeah. the first down. He yeah. is punting. We know this. We know he will. And so, you know, he will take points off the board himself with his decision making. Um, I think the Bills have been pretty uh, positively aggressive uh, in terms of their um, fourth down, you know, go, you know, going for it this year. It's been exciting to watch. They've got the quarterback to do it. You know, you got a big guy like that with legs who's an athlete, like, yeah, go for it on fourth and one and fourth and two more often. Um, and I think that tilts the balance a little bit here in favor of the Bills, I got to say. Uh, Cam, I see Saturday night. I like the irony. You hate the Patriots and uh, hoping you're going to be doing the Bills game uh, with us during in-game live. Me too. But- They're splitting us up like we're like buddies in the asylum there. It's like, give Maxie <laughs> the early game, give Cam the late game. Well, you get- bring these guys together with Wetzel or whatever. I know. You yeah, get, know, you get the Patriots, angry. so we know we know how that's going to go. You Cam really did, despises this team. Um, you were talking about the total being, I, I like it. I like the under in the first game, guys. I but love it. I like the over in the second so game. But uh, Cam, what are you going to be doing with the Titans? Are you going to be taking them plus the five and a half? Yeah, I will. And I'm also uh, exactly like you and Whale Capper. I just put in the bet while uh, we were there. I got the bills on a teaser to the under and the under at 44 and a half. I got a, I got a hook on one of my books and I like it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be taking the five uh, with uh, the Tennessee Titans. It's tough, though, Gabe. You're right. Like this number is really straight three and a half to five and a half, uh, five and a half down to five. Now people are all over the place with this game. The Patriots are still the king till you knock them off the throne, right? And that's the thing. But I believe the Tennessee Titans have the game plan to do it. I think Tom Brady's hurt. I don't think he's going to be able to go deep. Brabel will come up with a plan of attack. So I really, really, really like Tennessee outright. But I'll definitely take the points. And I do like the over as well. Will Capper, give me the dog. Your thoughts on a Saturday nighter? Yeah, no, those are all 
very valid points. I'm still laying the points with the Patriots. Uh, I have, and, and granted, uh, even though you may have some hatred for Tom Brady and the Patriots, Cam, uh, I would relish this one because I got a funny feeling this is the last Patriots start we're going to see from Tom Brady and Foxborough. Uh, this has all of the whiffs of the end of his run here, selling his house in Massachusetts, leaks coming out to Tommy Kern about him you know, exploring his other options this offseason. There are a couple of teams that makes sense for him to have a landing spot for like another two more years. You know, I think he wants like, you know, $40 million a year for the next couple of years and right off into the sunset. And he's not going to get that in new England His receiving weapons and the situation with, you know, kind of getting credit between him and Belichick, I think has come to a head uh, enough times that he's ready to move on. And I, I gotta tell you, this is probably no one's really talking about it, but this is probably it. And I'm not saying that that factors much into the handicap, I think the Patriots offense, as bad as they've been this season, especially in the last eight weeks and as stale as they've looked, uh, they still have great matchup advantages, especially in the short intermediate passing attack against the Tennessee Titans. So I think they're going to put scoreboard pressure on Tennessee. And, you know, when Tannehill has had this renaissance this year, he's looked incredible. Uh, he's been one of the top passers in the league and his, you know, since taking over for Marcus Mariota. Um, but where he is the most effective, the Patriots are outstanding in terms of coverage. That's kind of in the intermediate 11 True. to 20 yards down the sidelines. Like that's where they are the best and, and really create tight windows. And what happens with Tannehill is if his guy's not open, his primary read, if he's not open, then he tends to hold the ball too long, can't make a quick decision about where to go with the second, third read, and he gets sacked. He takes way too many sacks. I think that's going to be a differentiating factor here. But I agree with you that I like the over but mostly just because I think there's probably going to be some garbage time points here. I think you're going to see a lot, you know, the, the Titans are going to be playing from behind, probably down two scores, maybe 14, maybe 10, but they're going to be forced to go for it in their own territory late in this game. And I think they're going to, you know, turn the ball over on downs, give the Patriots some cheap scores. And then at that point, you know, Patriots are up three, four scores uh, in the fourth quarter. I think you see some garbage time points from Tennessee. So I do think this one goes over the total. Um, but I don't think it's going to be a conventional way where they're going back and forth score for score. I see this much more as the Patriots, you know, really do come up, come together with a complete performance on offense. And, and you have some, some garbage time points here from Tennessee. Look, even a 28, 17 score uh, would get us there. It's not asking uh, for too much. I think it, uh, I think it can, it'll be interesting to see if Tannehill can step up in, in, in a spot like this as he's had a great regular season, but you're right. He does take, uh, too many sacks. All right, Sunday's games. Um, the Minnesota Vikings are kind of being written off by by the masses going into New Orleans. Everybody talks about New Orleans this, New Orleans that, her cousin's choker, and all this other stuff. Well, I don't know. The game's not in prime time. I think they actually caught a break. I'm not even kidding. I um, agree. As crazy as it is, like if they were like Saturday night, it'd be like, all right, it's prime time. It's not prime time. <laughs> It's not. It's an afternoon game. Like if I was the Vikings, I'm like, man, that's great that we got the afternoon game. <laughs> yeah, 100% agreed. You're going to have people, uh, you know, people will be out watching football Saturday night on Bourbon Street, celebrating, you know, rolling, and then, uh, you know, ask them to get up and have a Bloody Mary and come down to the Superdome. Like it's not, not an ideal spot for the crowd to really get whipped up into a frenzy. We saw this last year in the NFC Championship game. They had that early kickoff against the Rams. Uh, the crowd really wasn't in it early. Um, you know, and, and you know, weirdly, Sean Payton didn't make a couple of aggressive calls to kind of get scores on the sh on the scoreboard against the Rams in that game, which really could have gotten the crowd into it. And I think that actually does spell a little bit of trouble here for the Saints. I make a fair line in this game. New Orleans minus seven. 
Um, and so I see a little bit of line value on, you know, on, uh, you know, on a completely neutral game state, I see some line value on the Vikings. And on top of that, I think the Vikings ceiling is a hell of a lot higher than the saints in terms of surpri- you know, surpassing their mean expectation. What I mean by that is they have a full legit, healthy set of weapons in the passing game. The saints are limping in on defense. They have lost some very key pieces on their defensive line and their linebacking core that made them one of the best run-stopping units in the league this year. And if you can generate anything on the ground with Dalvin Cook, if you can have a balanced attack where your play action is is you know just clicking early in this game, I think you're going to be able to hit the home run to Stephon Diggs. Thielen looks healthy. Like this is not a great matchup for for New Orleans. No team uh, in the NFL uh, got screwed more week 17 than New Orleans did. Like the fact that they could have had a bye in a home game in divisional week, but instead they ended up uh, having to host the Vikings who are a terrible matchup for them. And then they have to potentially go on the road into the outdoors and the cold of Lambeau field to play uh, the Packers next week. Even if they get this win, like, you know, all of my hope about the saints potentially being a super bowl darling this season kind of yeah. went out the window with the way the seating worked out. Cause they, they are, they are screwed. And I, I don't, understand why there's it was any momentum really to run to the window and grab uh you know to lay the points with the saints team i think all of the value is on minnesota here i grabbed eight at minus one you know flat minus 110 i think that's that's a fair play i don't love it as much at seven and a half as i liked it at eight but i still think there are going to be very real opportunities in this game where minnesota is going to either have uh have a lead they're going to look like the better team uh, and they're going to, you know, you're going to have an opportunity to come back live and grab some Saints money line at a plus money number. What about the total? It is, you know, somewhat high for a playoff game, but is it high? Um, do, do you expect both yeah. teams to be able to move the football? Yeah, my fair number on that was 51. So when it opened 44 and a half, my jaw hit the floor. Like, I don't know who came up with that number or how or why. Um, but Minnesota's defense can be scored on. Uh, and I think they're going to have to score. This isn't an opportunity. This isn't the kind of game where, you know, the saints take a, you know, a two score lead and run out the clock. And, you know, we only have 35 points scored. Like this is going to be a competitive offensive battle for both teams. Uh, and, uh, I was surprised that they gave us such a, a low total to bet into early in the week. It's getting up close to 50, 50 and a half right now. Um, and if there's an early score in this game, I'm probably going to come in with a live play on the under if I can get, say, a 53 and a half or so, uh, because I do think it kind of falls right in that middle range where it's 47, 48, 49, 50, 50, 51 points. It's going to be kind of right in that that sweet spot there. All right, hang in here. We'll take one more quick break, and uh, we'll get Will Capper's uh, Seattle-Philadelphia thoughts as well as a couple of future plays uh, from Will uh, Capper. Interesting numbers and interesting movement with the totals. I don't understand why the Bills game keeps going up. I have to 44. I I baffle it. Crazy. Uh, All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Back to live action, fellas. Get on the grid, sports grid. Game time decisions continues. I'm Gabriel Morenci with Cam Stewart. Whale Capper uh, joining us. 
Uh, we're talking NFL wild card, uh, Seattle and uh, Philadelphia, 440 Eastern time, Sunday afternoon in Philadelphia. The Eagles survive uh, once again. Um, you know, say what you will about the Philadelphia Eagles. They put themselves in difficult situations, but it's almost like they wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> and it's just who they are. Nothing comes easy uh, for them. But they do have, uh, they are a scrappy team. They do have a lot of heart. Um, you know, Carson Wentz playing with a chip on his shoulders, definitely something to prove, not just to his teammates, uh, but to the National Football League uh, as well. Uh, yet Seattle, there hasn't been movement in this game. And to me, guys, they're all tough, actually. I think the Buffalo game is tough. They're all, they're all tricky. I don't think any of them are actually easy. Uh, for betting purposes, I do like that total of the Bills game. It baffles me a lot, that number as we were talking about. But this game's a real toss-up. We'll throw it to you first here, Whale Capper. Seattle, one-and-a-half-point favorites. But if anyone, you know, don't play the one-and-a-half and lay minus 110. We can get the money line at minus 122 uh, right now. But uh, what do you make of the Seattle-Philadelphia game? Did we lose Whale Capper? Yeah, you might be. I'm with you oh, guys. Oh, there he is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm with we you lost guys. You. My bad. Um, no, I'm bullish on Seattle. Not just in this game, but in the AFC, NFC playoff picture overall. Uh, I think they have the best quarterback. I think the adjustments they made at halftime, down 13 nothing to the Niners, they kind of found themselves to a degree as a team, especially offensively. Um, and this is a nightmare matchup for Philadelphia. The, Phil- the Philadelphia's Achilles heel all season has been their inability to cover uh, you know, teams that have a dynamic passing attack, that have multiple receivers. The only way that they can play defense is by really being aggressive in the, uh, in, with their pass rush and no better quarterback in the NFL at eluding the rush than Russell Wilson guy is, you know, his escapability is off the charts is, you know, his elusiveness is, uh, you know, a hundred out of a hundred. And, uh, I would expect that he makes the Philadelphia Eagles pay for their poor coverage. And, you know, with his healthy wide receivers sets, he, you know, he's the, the wide receivers he's throwing to are awesome. They're dynamic. Uh, they're going to be able to score points. And I think that puts a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz, who's never made a playoff start who doesn't have anyone healthy in the passing game to throw to, who's going to have a limited Ertz, if at all, who's going to have a limited Miles Sanders, if at all. Like, this is not a great matchup at all for Philadelphia. And I know, like, you can put some pluses in their column because the link is a very difficult place to play. The energy is going to be super high. Philadelphia's D, especially their defensive line, tends to feed on that energy and really create havoc uh, on the defensive side of things. And they could that could be a distinguishing factor that, you know, we don't see Seattle look quite as good as we might have thought, given how, you know, how good Russell Wilson is. But at the end of the day, they still have, uh, you know, a huge advantage at quarterback. And I think the um, I think, you know, the Seahawks have a better likelihood of getting to 20 points than the Eagles do, even though I'm not in love with a lot of things that the Seahawks defense is doing these days. And uh, I think that uh, that starts them on a road to potentially uh, running what could be a pretty weak path to the NFC uh, title game or really a weak path to the Super Bowl for Seattle, really. Uh, Cam, you share you echo. Uh, I do. And uh, I Cam's do. a Seattle fan. So uh, what's your what's your take, uh, Cam? Uh, yeah, I worry about the defense, but I, I Will Capper brought it up. The adjustments they made in that 49er game when that game could have been over at the halftime, the way they buckled down when they needed to. I know San Francisco left some points on the board, but I'm telling you, 
The only thing that worries me is the defense. Other than that, Russell Wilson, I don't care if it's Marshawn Lynch, Robert Turbin, they'll still be able to get enough of a running and go to set it up for Russell Wilson to pass. They have multiple threats. Hollister's been underrated. There's a lot of guys in that team. It's like a step-up mentality. DK Metcalf is going to be a nightmare matchup for these guys. Look how big and tall he is. He's getting better all the time. Not just a red zone threat against those small DBs of Philadelphia. He's going to have a big, big uh, mismatch there. I worry about Scott on the Eagles. He's been good, but I see Seattle going into Philadelphia and winning that game by, you know, like over a touchdown game. I'm thinking between eight and 11. Uh, I think the Seahawks get it done and Will Capper's right. They might have a nice path. They could be a juicy little dark horse. I still think I still think San Francisco is a better team all around than them, but uh, who knows? The magic of Russell Wilson, I love the Seahawks in this spot, so that's one favorite I like. Uh, any opinion, uh, guys, on the total, Will Capper, of this football game? I lean over just because I think Seattle has a chance to get 30, but uh, it's it's a pretty soft lean. Uh, I, and, you know, we saw, the, we saw these two teams play um, a month ago. Right, uh, November twenty fourth. So a little over a month ago, they played, uh, and the final score was like seventeen nine. So maybe people think like, oh well, this is a pretty you know, defensive struggle here. But if you watch that game, and I'm sure Cam did, being a Seahawks guy, uh, they could have won that game thirty to three. Like they dominated they were, Philadelphia. They, they dominated that game. That game. And, and, and Will Capper. Touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> Philadelphia had uh, less injuries on their offensive line. Let's remember that. I know yeah. they were banged up in that game, but the situation yeah. they have now, like Je- Jeffrey not there, the receivers aren't there. If Lane Johnson doesn't play in that game, they already have the guy with the panic attacks out. Like there's a big yep. problem with Philadelphia because that offensive line, it's going to be thin and you can say what you want. Seattle will even, they haven't played great, but Clowney in that uh Defensive pressure. I, I see Carson Wentz getting hit a lot in that game, too. Like, I think Seattle's going to beat him up. I, I'm with you. And, you know, and it's weird. Like, it all my opinions change kind of on a dime in that uh, Niners-Seahawks game. Like, Clowney in that game, his legs looked fresh. Like, that's a, yeah. dis- that's a differentiating factor this time of year. If you've been, you know, if you, you know, people look, oh, he's been hurt all the way down the stretch. Yeah, but he's also been, like, resting, you know? And so he's, he looks fresh to me. Uh, especially in that Niners game, he looked dangerous. And then KJ Wright made a couple of huge tackles, uh, really did a nice job of preventing uh, the running backs for San Francisco from generating yards after the catch. That's that's a super important uh, uh, defensive uh, matchup for Philadelphia because that's how Philadelphia gets it done. They dink and dunk you. They expect their, uh, their running backs to get, you know, five, six yards after the catch. And that's how they matriculate the ball. And if you can do a good job of tackling, if you can do it, if you can get a good, uh, coverage performance out of Bobby Wagner on Dallas Goder, likely their only healthy tight end. Like that's that's huge. Um, really, there's there's a lot of things that uh, I think favor Seattle in this one. I think the line move in their direction is completely understandable. Um, and short of the home field angle and the home field edge uh, in favor of Philly, I'm not sure what the case is because I like Cam said, uh, if Lane Johnson, even if he's hurt out there, hurt. Um, no Brooks. This is a problem, and you can see some. You can see some of these uh, pass rushers get home for Seattle and make this a pretty long day for Carson. Seattle's Lentz, better on the road now yeah. too. I'd rather them That's play. Weird, Philly. Yeah. Like, like when they lost to San Francisco, I'm thinking this is actually a benefit. Do you want to play Minnesota? No. I love this no. matchup versus Philadelphia. Like <laughs> no. everyone was freaking yeah. out. Oh, they should have beat San Francisco. I'm thinking no. This is probably better. I'd rather play Philadelphia on the road. They're better on the road now, Gabe, as you know. It's weird, that advantage of the 12th man, it still exists, but they've become a real good 
healthy road team, and they, they're really focused when they go on the road. They play smarter football. Look what happened uh, down the stretch of that uh, San Francisco game when everyone got excited and lost their minds and cost them a victory in that game, which is now you kind of look back at it and go, hmm, that's a little interesting because I think they wanted yeah, to play Philly yeah. too. What's interesting yeah. too, uh, you can say they, ca- they also catch a break being a West Coast team. They get the 440 start. Exactly. Sure exactly. Sure enough. Yeah, they get the yep. 440 uh, start, which is uh, which is later. It's better better than getting a one o'clock uh, start uh, for them. All right, Whale yeah. Copper, we've only got a couple of minutes, and we do appreciate your time. I know you just uh, finished uh, another uh, podcast you were doing. So, um, as far as futures are concerned, yeah. I, you know, before the year started, I said it would be Kansas City versus New Orleans, mm. and I don't Still like lot, yeah. yeah, I don't like switching. But as Ross Perot uh, once stated, only uh, dumb and dead people don't change their minds. Yeah, Ross yeah, Perot. Yeah, Ross Perot. Yeah, I don't know why. It's, it's just stuck with me. He told Larry King that years ago, a long time. Larry, you know what I mean? Ross, yeah, a long time. Very. He said, very well, Larry, good. only uh, dead and dumb people don't change their minds. So I got to change, you know, change my opinion. <laughs> and, Ross uh, Perot not changing his mind anytime soon. No, <laughs> his oh. mind's been made up, Will Capper. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so a final answer. All right, yeah. so. Uh, but without being stated, I'm with you. This New Orleans team, they play, they just live too dangerously all the time. They fly too close to the sun. They're always in these, like, crazy games. I don't think they'll pull away from anybody. I do buy into the fact that the league doesn't like them and uh, they'll get screwed at some point <laughs> along the way. Yeah. Like, they, you know, if it, if it calls a 50-50 call, it ain't going their way. We'll put it that way. But... um I'm not like, I don't think San Francisco, I was slow to buy into San Francisco, but home field matters, man. This sure. stuff matters, and I think they're going to be really hard to beat um, in, in, the two, in the two games. But I was looking at the math, and just from a mathematics standpoint, me and Cam talked about this during the baseball season, and I said, look, if you just take the Cardinals and the Nationals, one of them's getting catapulted to the, to the championship series. So I sort of look at it the same way here between the Saints. Essentially, the Saints or the Packers are going into San Francisco. If, you know, unless Minnesota upsets them outright. But let's say things play according to form here. Sure. Then New Orleans goes into Green Bay, and there's no guarantee they win that football game. I think Green nope. Bay's being undercut. So I'm just thinking, you know, Green Bay, even though I don't think they're great, there's almost value. You're getting them at plus 850. You could, you know, you get yourself a nice little hedge going into the NFC Conference Championship game, but it seems to me that New Orleans or Green Bay are going to get there. But I don't think San Francisco are going to lose one of those two games at home. Oh, see, a couple things that I would uh, caution you on San Francisco, and I get all your points. And granted, like from a talent standpoint, and their roster and their head coach, like yeah, they check all the boxes. They are damn good and they earned the one seed like this was not a fluky season at all for them whereas like did green bay earn the two seed not really that was pretty fluky i thought uh and san francisco they they have two kind of major problems actually really three i'll go through them real quick here number one uh kyle shanahan has never coached a playoff game as a head coach before number two jimmy garoppolo has never taken a snap as as a starting quarterback in a playoff game will these guys be able to handle the pressure can they manifest any home field advantage? And San Francisco's park is not necessarily, the, you know, it's not a type of place where you can generate a lot of crowd support, a lot of noise. You're going to really disrupt your opponent's offense. So I, I'm not 100% sure that uh, I'm bought in that these guys are going to be able to roll 
and use the home field advantage and, and be as dynamic as we've seen them throughout the course of the regular season. And then number four, like their defense has really sputtered down the stretch. They have granted they've played some tough teams, but um, you've seen them kind of take some depth in, you know, some injuries has, have affected their depth in their linebacking core and their defensive line. They're not getting fresh legs out there on as often a basis as they were through the eight weeks. And it's really affected their sack production. You saw it in the game against Seattle. Like they could not get home. There were so many opportunities where guys were winning one-on-one matchups with those Seattle offensive linemen. And it didn't matter. They still could not get home. They were like a half a step slow. And that's what happens when you have a relatively thin line because you've had some injuries to your depth and you're not getting the same rotations. And so I think San Francisco is a little vulnerable specifically if Seattle comes back to town. Now, if Philly wins that game, and it's pretty close to 50-50, so it's not impossible. Philly wins that game at home, heads out to San Francisco. San Francisco rolls them. They roll them up, and that is not competitive. But if Seattle heads to San Francisco, that is a game. We've seen them play twice now, and both of those games were absolute coin flips. It didn't matter where they were played. It didn't matter who was healthy. Those, the first one should have ended in a damn tie. And the second one was... The difference in the winning was, what, an inch at the end of the game on the last play? Sounds like like you're telling me you think Sammy Seahawk is going to the Super Bowl. (laughs) So before the music starts, who's in the Super Bowl? The Seahawks and who? Oh, this is great. Baltimore Ravens. Easy. Baltimore Ravens. Battle of the Birds. (laughs) Ravens and Seahawks. Baltimore Ravens. Best team in football. Lamar Jackson. He's my guy. I've been stumping for him all season. Uh, Jim John Harbaugh using the advanced analytics to his, you know, a fully healthy defense. Like the Ravens are clicking on all cylinders, they roll. Whale Capper, excellent stuff getting it done. We really appreciate your time. Happy New Year, my man. Thanks for the time, Whale Capper. Hey, you too. Take care, guys. Have a good one. Whale Capper. Eagles and Seahawks. Battle of the Birds. I know. I don't know what to say. Seahawks going to the Super Bowl? NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Uh, thanks to Whale Capper for joining us on the program. Whale Capper likes a, a battle of the birds. You know, Cam, they showed, uh, I saw last week on TV, they had a raven at the game, and the rain was coming down on the raven, yeah. and they had a nice close-up. Looked like a pretty mean bird, Cam. Oh, I know. I used to live in uh, Yellowknife. That's the basically the home. It's the city of ravens, they call it. When you're walking home at night, ravens look at you, and, yeah, uh, they're they're mean. Like they're scary. Like they're basically like waiting for you to make a mistake. Like a raven is an attacking, uh, lurking bird. Don't they come in packs at with. you? Yeah, they do. Or flocks. Both the raven nevermore. Yeah, flocks of ravens. And I'll tell you, they're very mystical too. Ah, ah, very mystical birds. When you look up, Gabe, I remember forget I was all drunk and I see this raven staring at me, man, and my heart started beating through my chest, man. Like, ravens are different. They're just very mythical, mean kind of, don't mess with a raven, basically what I'm saying. All right, so I'm looking at a seahawk now. Let's see. Uh, uh, just a hawk over the sea, I think. Like, I don't I even know. I can't believe Seahawk's this. not even real. Like, I punch in seahawk, and I get a picture of the Seattle Seahawks. I didn't even say yeah, Seattle Seahawks. Seahawk yeah, bird. 
I don't is think it, a seahawk. It's not a real bird. Exists. I think it's made up. I think it's a hawk. Like there's no. I don't I know. know Here it is. Sea, is the seahawk sea a real bird? Let's see a seahawk. I don't know if I believe it or not. Because I I know hawks. Seahawk. Is it a bird? Is it a real? They're commonly bird? known as ospreys. Oh, ospreys are seahawks. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So an osprey is a seahawk. Yeah, I know yeah, what an osprey yeah. is. I didn't know they were the same. Interesting. We learn something new every day. This large, oh, yeah, long yeah. bird prey cuts his figure. Oh yeah. Here it is. Fish yeah. make up ninety nine percent of their diet. They eat a lot of fish. Uh, yep. Ospreys. I like this. They're ambush hunters. <laughs> <laughs> Good wingspan. Yeah, he's just picking up. There's a picture of him, like just picking up another bird and like ready to eat it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, they Ravens. have uh, ospreys have a reversible outer toe. Oh, strange. What's Owls and ospreys are the only raptors with a reversible outer toe, allowing them uh, to grasp a fish with two toes oh, in the front perfect. and the back. Bye, fish. Uh, that's pretty good crazy. Secure. One osprey threw two thousand seven hundred miles in thirteen days. <laughs> Wow. Traveling birds. I don't know. I think I think the uh I think they, this bird's pretty big. They're bigger than ravens. Yeah, they are. <laughs>